Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 52 of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. Today I'm joined by my two home slices once again. I will first introduce this week to keep it fair, Rob, Bob, Bert, the man with the versatile name, Maine, like a lion. Uh, (laughs) Rob, how are you doing today? Rob Worthington in the house. What the hell's popping? It's early. I'm sorry. All right, lads. How are we doing? Um, Yeah. Not much as well. Actually, I've had quite a busy day so far. Had to wake up nice and early. Had a driving lesson. Um, went to a beautiful area of the UK known as High Wycombe. Um, wow. Wycombe Wanderers play in High Wycombe. They've just been promoted to the championship. And um, I've got to say, it's a bit of a shell, but I'm feeling good. And um, <laughs> great to be back on the show, guys. You're 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 uh, you're becoming a mainstay, so we're we're glad to see it, man. You're uh, you're a pleasure to record with, and then as is the lovely okay, London dude. local <laughs> lad. Shut the fuck up, Alfie Corshaw. How are you doing today, my friend? What are you saying, lads? Uh, yeah, I'm decent. I'm decent. What are you saying, Daniel? Um, just the intro. Other than that, I haven't said <laughs> much yet. Uh, but thanks, enough. thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Uh, you're welcome. All right, that's the show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you. Um, oh, yeah, I sound shit again. Yeah, my mic's playing I was, up, so I was I just going to say, the, yeah, the, so ever, the ever shit-sounding Alfie uh, yeah. is back again with his horrible like PS2 microphone. Um, yeah. So so be wary well, and, of that. And, and his horrible voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to combination. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to just add insult to injury, but Rob is relentless. If I was Daniel, I'd do some shocking analogy here about <laughs> yeah. me sounding like something, like some bird or some shit. I don't know. But it's, it's, instead, yeah. instead, you'll just offend the entire mentally handicapped community and say you sound retarded. Yep, yeah, I sound retarded. I mean, surely you want some payback, Daniel, after the slaughtering <laughs> of your name last week. I mean... Look, the way I see it, on last week's edition, go listen to that if you haven't already. Um, episode 51, the worst one yet because it wasn't featuring me. Uh, the boys across the table from me, oh, well, across the pond from me, should I say, uh, had, a, had a little show of their own and they actually did quite well. All due respect to you guys. Uh, we got some good views and that's the only reason we do this. So fair play. Um, obviously, all the money earned from it, I did take home, um, and they will not get any kind of cut. So thanks for your hard work, but it's nothing more than an internship, really. So I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously, go listen to episode 51. Rob and Alfie killed it, and they killed me in the process. So yeah, go have a listen. But now, Daddy's home. All right, Daddy's home for episode 52, (laughs) and uh, we're going to talk about some real good shit today. Uh, First, we're going to talk about the dub over Watford that saw uh, the men with the moose badge get sent down, (laughs) Um, so that was was funny. Sorry, Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later, why I think it's funny, Um, and then we're going to talk about the upcoming game, 
which is the FA Cup final to Chelsea. So it's going to be a jam-packed, special, fun-loving show as usual. So thanks once again for tuning in. Uh, let's get right into the soccer or right into the football. Um, oh, dude, no. Please don't do that. Right into the soccer. Classic. Classic <laughs> Daniel Fenton. <laughs> oh. um, here, let's talk about Watford. Uh, Rob, I came to you first for the intro, oh, so I'm coming to Alfred first in terms of yeah. the game. Uh, Alfie, three goals to two was uh, was the final score line. Um, Arteta went with a pretty strong lineup, actually, from the off. Mm. I don't know if you saw my tweets. I was... I was I all game. I saw yeah, you your predicted lineup as well was uh, very weak. I wanted the <laughs> U23s out there because I was petrified U23. of any kind of injury. Did you have like fucking medley? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, if I did. Yeah, I like, think he did. Fucking Miguel Aziz. <laughs> I, no, I didn't have him. <laughs> I just oh. mostly had fringe players because I wanted to see if, if they could prove themselves. And also, I didn't want Matt anyone Macy to get in goal as well, didn't you? I did. Really? Yeah, I did, for player. real. Shout Matt. Swear down, man. Isn't he like six seven or something? Yeah. Yeah. Seven two or something. Yeah. He's, he's like eight four. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, nine ten. But what did, what did you make of the lineup, Alfie? Uh, yeah, I saw you having a moan about it. I mean, I sort of understood it. We, you know, we've got six days to Chelsea. I know there's the risk of injury, um, but that's always a risk in any game. You know, you're thinking, oh, we could risk an injury for future big games, but. Also, I think it was important we got a win after the terrible result and performance against um, Villa. I thought it was important we got some sort of momentum going into this game. Villa, two poor results going into this final, it would sort of, you know, we'd be going in with no momentum, a little bit of a lack of confidence maybe, and a bit, you know, worse spirits, worse uh, morale within the group, if you get what I mean. Mm. So I wasn't, I wasn't, too bothered with it and I was glad we switched to a back four um, I think it was needed yeah um, I, I do think in the, the final we should go back to a back three but for this game it, it clearly didn't work against Villa because we didn't have enough attacking players on the pitch uh, I think we needed to bring a three in midfield whether it really worked anyway um, is a different matter um, I mean how we won that game in the <laughs> end is beyond me but um yeah, I wasn't too bothered with the team selection personally. Okay, Rob, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Did you want us to go with maybe a weaker side like me, or were you understanding over the fact that Arteta went with a pretty strong side? Uh, I expected it. I expected a strong team. Um, as Alfie said, I think momentum is crucial at the moment. And I think uh, if we went for a weak side once again, that would be a, a few players who would go almost two weeks without playing football prior to Chelsea. So um, mm. I thought it was important to get some running in the players' legs. Um, and at the same time, like I, I know there's not much difference between finishing 10th and 8th in terms of a reward, but we still ideally want to finish, wanted to finish as high as possible. Um, mm. Extra so, prize money as well. Yeah, yeah. Like something, five exactly. million more or something. 5.4 million. It's actually thirty-five point four million pound budget now. Yeah, and um, Charlie. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought it was. I, I sort of expected it, but at the same time, I was, I was a bit like you, Daniel. Would have liked to have seen a bit more experimentation, especially coming into next season when there's clearly a rebuild on the cards. Um, so, but couldn't it, you say this was sort of 
an experimentation uh, because he went with a midfield three and, you know, just in that mm. or even a four, two, three, one, it was a change in system. So yeah, yeah, no, in that I, sense, I, I can see way, what you mean. It could have been. Yeah. I mean, that's arguably our strongest starting 11, which started yesterday, apart from perhaps Bellerin at right back. And I'd still say Ozil's a probably, probably, yeah, he's better than midfield than Willock, but of course he doesn't offer that much. Mm. Um, and you can't really play a midfield three with Ozil. Um, but anyway, um, I'd argue that, yeah, it was probably something, a bit of experimentation going on, seeing which players in our current best starting eleven will be able to operate in the 4-3-3, which we all sort of envisaged Arteta deploying in the next, next season or the season after, depending how quickly he can accelerate his project so yeah i guess you could say it was a bit of experimentation yesterday that didn't mean it worked by the way yeah yeah yeah. i could see where i could i could see where you're coming from too um i think there was definitely a bit of experimentation given the back four and alfie i'm gonna make you proud here all right i'm going Mm. to provide my and the only reason i'm able to provide this is because it was so public and everybody probably knows this already i'm going (laughs) to provide an xg stat Right oh, now yeah. on the oh. Arsenal Cannon podcast, Extravaganza. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. The comic relief, Daniel Finton, is about to provide <laughs> analytical <laughs> insight through XG statistics. This is revolution. The comic relief. The An self-proclaimed moment for Alfie Coleshaw right now. It is. It <laughs> Alfie is. is. Alfie's getting a little pocket rub right now as I'm starting to. <laughs> Oh, get into dear. it all right you ready listen to this i mean in the same way i'm also quaking in my boots because it's normally my role <laughs> after you've done this I've not got much ste- to say. i'm stealing your motherfucking thunder man i'm mm. stealing it well this is what it was and i though the reason i have to fucking include this is just because james benj posted this on twitter um so and- i also wrote it in my article in the- big words <laughs> so I could see it. So my stupid mm. little American eyes can see it. And I was like, oh, exactly. that's a that's a big number. <laughs> to be fair, most of the XG providers are American. So Real Oh yeah, yeah we we yeah. love a good number. You know, shout out businessmen. Mm. Shout out Jeff Bezos. Shout out Amazon. <laughs> shout out underpaid employees. Shout out <laughs> sweatshop know. workers. I don't know. Okay, anyway. Alright, carry on. This is an Arsenal podcast. Arsenal <laughs> podcast. There it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> mm. Um, so Watford have been relegated, obviously. Um, but despite that against us, when we decided to use a back four instead of a back three, they managed an XG of 4.07 as per, uh, that comes from Y Scout, according to James Bench. Oh, um, well, mine was actually 4.13. Okay. So well, beef, ir- beef in ir- the XG mm. world. <laughs> yeah. Irrespective, irrespective. Alfie, I'll come to you because you're the XG man. Um, mm. That's fucking shit, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is, like, insane. That's, like, probably, like, the fifth or sixth highest XG any team has managed in the Premier League this season oh, in a single God. game. Um, like, Man City have done it a few times. And Chelsea, actually, against City uh, after the restart was four point something. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> We conceded so many chances, so many good chances, if you think of some of them. Um, you know, Martinez had to make a few good saves. And yeah, I thought defensively we were, we were at sea. I, th- I thought the fullbacks had decent games, but the centre-backs 
Ooh. did not look comfortable in that back four at mm. all. And that is that is a worrying sign because we need players who can play in a back four. And those two look so wedded to a back three. They look so unable to adapt and play in a back four. It's worrying. Um, and also, I thought Shaka Sabayos is a pivot again that suits a back three because, you know, neither of them are necessarily... I, I think Sabayos is, is good defensively. Um, he's very active. You know, he makes a lot of tackles and interceptions, but positionally, he's not always there. And Shaka, we've we've talk, spoken about his defensive deficiencies a lot, uh, you know, lack of mobility and stuff like that. And I don't think they protected the back four as well. Um, I think they they're probably, obviously, they've worked themselves into this back three and they're used to having a bit more licence to get forward. A, a little, They need a little less... Possession, uh, positional discipline when playing in a back with a back three behind them instead of a back four. So, yeah, I don't think they did that well in that sense. And yeah. also, I just thought we didn't control the game enough. We didn't no, you know, not keep possession all. well. Mm. Um, and the first half, like when you were watching it, it was just like, how the fuck are we three nil up? This is just hilarious. I felt sorry for them because they just dominated and somehow they were three nil down and getting relegated. Well, yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, it just kind of seemed like a game to me, Alfie, where we prevailed because we have individual brilliance up front, mm. you know? they did. Well, I think it was a mixture of poor defending. Right, yeah. Um, uh, set pieces, in a way, um, and Aubameyang being prolific in front of <laughs> yeah. goal. Definitely. Yeah, it just, wasn't good attacking yeah. play, it was those three. I think said only, that our second, second goal was yeah, second a very goal nice, was nice goal, and it was reminiscent of the goal at City in terms yeah. of the build-up from the back. And I, think where Pepe, I think Pepe's better when he gets the ball in early. He either needs to decide he's going to drive into the box, not dilly-dally, or he needs to put the ball in early. And I thought mm. that was what one of a few good moments from him yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I would Ooh. completely agree. And I think that'll that'll come for Pepe's game. It's just when he played in France, he had like... 20 minutes on the week yeah. to make a decision. He'd be like, okay, cross, cut in. What should I do? Let's see. Defenders are like, oh, yeah, you take your time, man. No problem. No problem at all. Mm. English defenders will He was also come. playing in a in a fluid counter-attacking system. True, yeah. Players that suited him around him and a system that suited him. I saw, I saw, this I saw one thing offensive yesterday. Offensive play um, terrible. Which made me sort of think... It's weird that when Pepe carries the ball forward, it seems like the players around him just seem to think, oh, yeah, we'll let him do his, his thing. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, we don't get players close yeah. to him. He's very isolated. Yes, he can carry the ball forward, but then you need players to get close to him, sort of like with the goal against uh, Aubameyang's second goal against Man City. That's when it worked full effect. He brought the ball forward quite a long way then he knocked it back to Tierney who was getting up and supporting him and then we went from there and grabbed the goal that's what we need every time we need players to provide an option for him mm. yeah, yeah well I mean and I, I remember I, the, I agree, yeah. the Sheffield United game where he looked pretty good um, was when we played with a back three with Maitland-Niles Sabios yeah. uh, and no not Sabios it was Willock, Willock that day Maitland-Niles Willock and Lacazette always very close to him and he was allowed to play in play off them hmm. yeah and I I, th- I just think that Pepe he'll take time to kind of adapt to the Premier League because in the tricky division you know you can't play the same way 
every single week, the way you kind of have to go out against each team is massively different Mm -hmm. because every team in the league is pretty good, you know, and they're hard to break down for the most part, at least, you know, and uh, Mm. he'll, he'll come into it though. I I was, I was pretty impressed from what I saw yesterday, but I know we're going to see even better. Um, Let's get in. I think criticism is reasonable. Yeah. Pepe. I think when you're signing someone for 72 million, albeit we all know that is massively overpaying for him, he's probably a 40, maybe 50 million pound player at most. But I do think when you're signing someone for 72 million, you do expect more than what he's produced this year. Yeah. Even though, of course, he needs time to adapt, but still. And I, I still have high hopes for next season. And I think there, there's more pressure on him next season to produce a lot more. Yeah. Hundred percent, and also at the same time, there's um, his raw numbers are very good for a debut season. But I think I we... think they're all right, but they're not brilliant. I think eight <laughs> goals, nine assists. But I think you're expecting a bit more from a seventy-two yeah, million true. pound player. Seventy-two million, remember? Yeah. But I think, and unfortunately, price tag does carry with you know. It does, yeah, of course they it's do. It's always there. Yeah. But I think at the same time with him, like. I don't even think those numbers are an accurate representation of how good he's been this season. I don't think he's been as good as those numbers could even suggest he mm. might have been. I, I don't know. I think he's got to offer so much more. And I see. If you look him- at his underlying numbers, sorry to interject. In fact, I did his uh, end of season Premier League radar yesterday because yeah. me and Vin are doing a piece. Um, and it's essentially the same shape as his radar at Lille, just shrunken. Shrunken? Okay. Is that the word? I don't know. If you know, it's just gone in slightly. Okay. Um, That's interesting. And he's he's good at dribbling. Um, his his assist num his XG his XA numbers are decent. They're not brilliant, but they're decent. Uh, but his XG and he does he doesn't shoot enough, and he's not getting into goal scoring mm. positions. Whereas last season, he was in a very, very big goal threat Yeah, Lille. He was sort of what, coming in from the right, what Aubameyang is for us coming in from the left, almost. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't... He w- There was less onus on him to create there, and he was playing in a counter-attacking system. Yeah. Well, um, uh, just to, just we'll to segue this... Just to segue this onto Aubameyang, because you brought him up there. Um, Rob, I'll come to you with this one, man. How reliant are we on this fucking man? Two goals and an assist in this game. I made a tweet yesterday saying he's directly contributed to 45% of our Premier League goals this season. We can't be that reliant on one individual, surely. That's not sustainable, right? Mm. And Rob used that tweet in in a post on Instagram. Yeah, I did. I did. I I I thought it was a really, really good point to make because I think I I vaguely remember last season that lots of people were talking about Arsenal identifying a certain type of player who would take the goal scoring onus off the shoulders of Aubameyang and Lacazette and Pepe was supposed to be that player Mm. Um, obviously I think we've probably realised now that it wasn't one player that we needed to take that onus off Aubameyang and Lacazette it was a it was a, a, a variety of players that need mm. to provide a goal-scoring threat. Uh, it's not as simple as adding one player. 
Um, but it's almost got worse this season because Lacazette has underperformed. So it's just been completely on Aubameyang's shoulders, which is, um, you know, it's great that he's scoring all those goals. And, you know, he may, he may even score more goals when we get, if, when and if we get better players in and around him, who knows. Um, but you've got to be having more goal scorers across the pitch. Uh, it just... It's not a sustainable way of playing football, having such a huge reliance on one man. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you just even look at some, uh, you know, aside like, obviously, massive discrepancy between qualities between the two. But Barcelona, you know, this season was mm. a little, uh, was e- extremely reliant on Messi. Not that they aren't always, you know, but this mm. season, Messi was hands down the best performer there and contributed to like uh, whatever amount of goals it was. It was like 40 something or something yeah, ridiculous. Got, uh, 25 goals and 20 assists, something like that. Something fucking preposterous. But with that, mm. Barcelona did not win the league because they were mm. too reliant on one individual. Now, obviously, I'm not comparing Aubameyang to Messi and I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely not comparing Arsenal to Barcelona. But, you know, yeah, Messi's nowhere near Aubameyang. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Positively. I mean, you look at Aubameyang's cars. You look at the fact. Mm. Do you think, I <laughs> mean, Messi really? on the spectrum, apparently. Do you think, yeah, exactly. Do you th- I mean, Alfie, Jesus, man, you're going to get cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you think Messi could do a front flip? I, I very much exactly. doubt it, personally. Exactly. Mm. Aubameyang can. And Aubameyang also likes superheroes and he wears superhero mask and furthermore he has anime tattoos which is kind Fuzzy. of and he, he <laughs> does and and he's got cool patterns in his hair sometimes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's, well, that's, that's come on that's true yeah. so uh the question is he's, alfie are we going to be yeah. able to keep this fucker i mean i don't know all right, thanks. Very insightful. I mean, <laughs> simply, I don't know. Uh, the, the sounds have been positive of late. Um, you know, we've heard Arteta talking about it. We've discussed it so many times. I mean, well, we have to. and according to uh, the sources, um, the very, various <laughs> <the> sources, <laughs> yeah, uh, if we win the FA Cup, he's he's much more likely to sign it because we'll be in Europe and we'll be able to sign better players and apparently he's looking for assurances that we're going to be ambitious in the transfer market. So I think it a lot rides on this game against Chelsea, not just for like obvious yeah. reasons, but for Aubameyang's future as well. Well, to be fair, I think an- another component that people aren't considering is that the noises of clubs being interested in him has <laughs> the noise, yeah, have really gone very quiet. I'm not really mm. sure who want him. Like, of course, if he became available, I'm sure people would swoop in. But I'm not sure anyone's declared like a obvious interest in him, like with the Sanchez situation when Man City were all over it. Mm. And I've got to be honest, I don't really see why. I don't see yeah. why somebody's not in for Dude, if I was a... Because you know there's a club somewhere out there, I can't think of any off the top of my head, that are looking for a striker... Uh, why are they not all over Aubameyang? I mean, he's a world-class, mm. world-class They player, might be looking so. his his age profile. Yeah. Ah, I, I, and I, they probably are. You're probably right. But I just think, you know, we yeah, made a podcast. Two years, probably. Ah, 
We yeah, but if like if you're a club like PSG who want to win the Champions League and you want guaranteed goals, I know that they've already got Mbappe and Neymar, but the goals Aubameyang could provide them, the sort of poachers finish, like can you? There's not many better players out there who can provide. Well, yeah, that. and if you look at PSG, they already have a Cardi, but Aubameyang's better than a Cardi. You know, yeah, of course he is. is. Miles better. For what we're probably going to want for him. Um, do you take it's a bit of a risk I know you're saying you know he'll, he'll probably provide the goals but it's it's very hard to tell mm. when he's going to fall off you know when his form might dip a lot very of true. players at this sort of age it can come quite drastically he hasn't shown any signs at all of slowing down so far um, whereas a lot of players do but then again you get strikers who kick on even further in their 30s you know you look at Jamie Vardy uh, Didier Jogba yeah. did that uh, to some extent so it, you know it's a bit of a risk to sign him because if you're paying a lot of money for him and in wages you know he could fall off in the next year year or two um, so I do think there's there's some more considerations that have to go into it when you're when you're buying someone who's a bit older having said that it is amusing that we haven't seen a bit more concrete interest in him hmm. so with that with that concern from exterior clubs, do you think that's maybe why Arsenal have been kind of slow to offer the new contract? Mm. I definitely think in terms of squad rebuilding, it's not quite as obvious as everyone thinks, just signing them on a new deal. There is the risk of, you know, I don't want to say it, but sort of doing an Ozil, you know, offering him an amazing amount of money. Yeah, of course. That exactly. Is. And it, his form dips and he sort of declines I don't think the risk is as big because I think if if Aubameyang declines it won't be for the same reasons as Ozil declining um, no but I don't think with a player like Aubameyang he, does, he might lose a bit of pace but I can't see him losing the scoring touch it's just so prominent at the moment I, I don't see how I mean I know it happens but I just don't see that miraculously disintegrating mm. I think that that's something that and he's an amazing over athlete. time he's mm. extremely yeah, exactly. fit he's a freak of nature yeah, exactly oh yeah mm. absolutely and he's got he's got fitter at Arsenal he at, at Dortmund they had doubts over whether he could perform effectively as a winger in one of the first games that uh, Arteta was the manager um, I think it was Chelsea at home he he covered a ridiculous amount of ground mm. and it, it was just so obvious that he was capable of playing that role if if that was what we needed him to do. And um, I, I guess that's another question. Do you think he would... Um, do you think he will be moved back into the centre or do you think he'll continue think to play on the left? I think has made it pretty clear he has no intentions of using him down the middle. Mm. I mean, I think that... Like, it looks like he's doing everything not to. If, if you look at when Lacazette yeah. comes off, even when Nketiah wasn't on the pitch, uh, I think it was against Liverpool and in just uh, maybe a couple of other occasions, he just didn't move him down the middle still. he In fact, he yeah. wanted to use Willock as a false nine. Instead. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, so, I yeah. think, I, ju I just think with this new kind of, this new wave, you know, how inverted these wingers are, you know, you guys were talking about how Aubameyang is, how Pepe was at Lille, you know, just cutting in so narrowly, cutting onto their favorite foot. It's almost like it's it's like there's not really much difference 
because they still have a yeah, lot he, of opportunities Yeah, he essentially plays as a second striker, just slightly mm. further to the left. And, you know, and, it, and it's, almost, it's almost more problematic for defences as well because... Right. Mm. Who who's supposed to who's supposed to be marking him? Yeah, is it is it the right back or is it the central defender? Like whose whose role is it to take Aubameyang? Mm. So he ghosts into these areas as we saw against Man City, and um, it, it's effective. And you see it working at Liverpool; they've been doing it for a long time with Salah and Mane. Um, it's just. I think it is really quite an effective Well, position. yeah, I mean, and then even before that, outside of the Premier League, a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, yeah. has been playing down the left for, like, how long? Well, what do you think, like 10 years or something crazy? Well, he's never really been a proper, a proper number striker, like, has he? Number nine, yeah, but like... I'd say he, he has morphed into a proper number nine, though, in the, in the last few years. Yeah, but last, he's, yeah, three, he's basically... Three, four, five years. He's basically still always technically deployed on the left. Is you he? You know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you he know. plays. He starts down the middle. Let's now. see. There was some. Uh, you know, this is. A, I know that Higuain still gets quite a lot of football. At, uh, he does, yeah. Because Sorry likes him a lot. Yeah. Well, it, regardless, so, you know. I don't know. Re- regardless, it's just. It. I don't think it really matters if. Uh, if Aubameyang plays down the left. He's going to score you goals no matter where he plays. I mean, yeah, just... Yeah, just totally agree. Just yesterday... Uh, goals per game is higher on the left as well. So, there you go. Uh, by the way, Ronaldo did start on the left yesterday against uh, Sampdoria. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, Dybala down the middle, Quadrado on the right. But is that just the the app saying that? Because it's a lot probably, of the time, it's I'd imagine is Dybala on the left. It's probably fluid, yeah. Mm. So, it's... Yeah. I've got. I, I I I think that I've seen that Dybala has been playing a lot more down the middle, though. Mm. Like a false nine, which, kind of. Yeah. Which, to be fair, when he broke through, everyone thought he was a striker, and he's just you know sort of played all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about in regards to Watford before we move on to the think, upcoming FA Cup final? Well, I think the uh, just. I mean, because it's such a redundant game in terms of it, there wasn't much riding on it and we won and we didn't deserve to and they created so many yeah. chances and we looked rocky. And again, we didn't look good offensively, really. We didn't create that many chances. Um, yeah. I can't really remember the last time I walked away from a Premier League win feeling so, like, emotionless. <laughs> yeah, same. It, it, it just felt like a game. In my match report, I had a paragraph on it. Um, it just feels like kind of redundant to speak about because it just doesn't really matter that much. If you get what I mean. Yeah. What did I say? Uh, my one paragraph basically just said. Uh, it just it was sort of emblematic of our season on the pitch in general. Mm. Defensively, we looked all over the place. We allowed them to create so many chances, particularly. Well, and then the, going forward, there's a lack of fluidity. We didn't create that much. Um, and we relied, as I said earlier, on poor opposition defending. I think Dawson, for, for the third goal, was terrible. But also, the, how are you giving away a penalty five minutes in? Oh, like 37 seconds in, actually. Um, that was pretty crazy. Um, exactly. We relied on that and Aubameyang being great in front of goal. But this felt, for me, like a sort of a performance... 
stank of Emery's, it, like a, of a team that's hung over from Emery's, yeah. Emery's philosophy. I saw that. Yeah. Just very passive, allowing the opposition to come onto us and create loads of chances. Um, it felt like a, a, like a, a, a latter Emery days um, performance for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically all I think you can really say on it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't I mean, too according to, according to journalists who were at the game, Sky Sports didn't actually show much of how Arteta was reacting to stuff, mm. but apparently he was pretty disgusted by what he saw yesterday. Um and understandably so, that was so averse to the sort of culture that he is he's trying to bring to the club, uh the lack of seeming effort and care. Uh, but yeah, it was reminiscent of the late, uh, late parts of Emery's tenure. Mm. Yeah, and, and agreed. I think that's all that could be said. It wasn't, you know, it was. It, it's like it's like you said, Rob. I mean, when I walked away, I was like, eh, whatever. Mm, you know, I didn't, I didn't really care. The the one thing hardly I was, felt like a win. I was kind of, I was this. Maybe this was fucked up. And sorry if you're somehow a Watford supporter that's meandered onto this. But uh, I was kind of happy to see that we. I was happy to see we relegated them. To be honest, and you know what? I yeah. hate. I absolutely hate the way that they run their club. I think the manner in which they treated Nigel Pearson was fucking disgraceful. And I think they got what they just deserved because that was that was embarrassing. Why would you sack your manager with two games left? Who knows? Maybe Nigel Pearson would have helped them get something out of these final two games. Mm. And to be fair. It's worked for the majority of the time. You know, they've stayed up. They've yeah, pretty much been mid-table for most of their Premier League four seasons before this. Reached an FA Cup final, semi-final a few years before that. They got promoted doing, you know, sacking managers. Mm. And it's finally come back to bite them, um, yep. going through four coaches in a season. And I think they shouldn't have sacked Javi Grazia in the first place. He was a good manager. You know, they were in a poor run of yeah. form, but they were a bit unlucky in a way that they, they played quite well in a lot of those games and he was a good coach. Um, and just because they, he, I think he sat them, what, three, four games in, like it was mental. Um, well, uh, I yeah. just, it's almost like they try to run their club off of new manager bounces, you know, mm. I, it's just like, you're going to run out of coaches, you know? I mean, when, it, when will some, when will one of us on the Arsenal Cannon podcast be the Watford manager? Probably like yeah, the next couple years. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, all of us will have our mm. tenure at Watford. Well, shout! I've already mar- managed Watford on a football manager when I was doing it. <laughs> I managed to create a possession-based system uh, within about three weeks, which was pretty mental because they're not a possession-based team. But um, no. I created it. Decore scored eleven goals in four games for me, and they were all screamers from outside the box. <laughs> he, the game was broken. The only club in the Premier League. You became like the Only best club in the, the Premier world. League who have like player faces on Football Manager as well. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, looking at their squad, it's a very it's a good squad that probably shouldn't have gone down. Um, and I think a lot of them should leave this summer. I'm looking at Decore. I'm looking at Ishmael Ishmael Isar. Um, that was considered a really a, good player. That was considered a coup when they got him. That's going to be a tragedy. Yeah. That's going to be a tragedy. Mm. He he cannot play in the championship. He's far too good for the championship. Oh, he'd get Even his legs Welbeck, broken. I think he's good. And um, yeah, Kapu. I think uh, even like even even like a player like Dini, nah. like 
I think he's suited. I think to the Genie. Championship. He'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, did you see? His I interview? think like. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Uh, he said he but might be his last like, game um, for Watford. A team like Villa or something, I think they would be wise going for a player like Dean. I think they could do better. Uh, I, I think know. you need better. I I don't think he's that great. He's physical. He'll win headers. If you're going to play that side, maybe style of football, maybe. But I think he's mm. suited to the championship, to be honest. And he's yeah. pretty old. But you're right. They've got a lot of good players. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Weird. Well, anyway, it's not a Watford well, podcast. Not really. Yeah, fuck them. Every time. Not really weird with their managers. Fuck yeah. Can we be asked getting to the goals? Not really. Don't really care about uh, yeah. game, to be honest. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Like usually we go over the goals and everything, but I think me saying Aubameyang got two and an assist, and Kieran Tierney got his first goal, so that was nice to see. But other than mm. that, I don't really have anything to say besides the fact that David Luiz broke the record for most penalties conceded in one <laughs> Premier League season, which is five. Wow. Mm. So hold on. Let's wow. before we move. Oh, and. And we've learned that Kieran Tierney is has got a bit of Rory Delap about him. Oh yeah, that was solid. What a long throw! Yeah. <laughs> what an assist! You love to see it. You love to see it. We're becoming the anti-Arsenal. Mm. Long yeah. throws. Well, mm. um, I guess with that we could just move on to the FA Cup. Sounds like we're going to start listing things. We just stopped at long throws. That was. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say. I was going to start. To list things, but then I was like, oh, just kidding. We're not resilient enough to, mm. to be the anti-Arsenal. So stoked. I guess, fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Um, honestly, dude, I'm done talking about Watford. Fuck them. Mm. Bye. Uh, hope I don't see you next season. No, no hard feelings. You won't. Mm. Good. Good. Fuck you. Unless you wait outside London Colney. We'll probably see them driving yeah. in because they're, they're right next to us. Next yeah. door. Do you think they're all going to have to like... Uh, do you think they're all going to like get their cars repoed and stuff now that they got relegated? They're all going to be like in uh, little humble Volkswagens instead of their uh, extravagant <laughs> Lambos. Highly doubted. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably get a new car yeah. to uh, to nullify. I can't really pain. imagine Will Hughes with an extravagant car for some reason. No, mm. he has or a Tom Cleverley. He's definitely got yeah. like a yeah. He's definitely got a VW or a Ford. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Tom <laughs> Cleverley with a Fiat 500. Oh, no, no, no. Right, this is enough. We need to stop talking yeah, about Yeah, fuck Watford. off, Watford. Get out of here. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. You, I, sh- you know what, though? Real quick, though. Shout out to Mooses. They're a beautiful animal. Um, what? That's what's, a, that's, what's, that's what's on their badge, a moose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, I thought you were talking about Harry Kane's wife. <laughs> Damn, bro! <laughs> don't no, don't start me. That was a chant when I, when he was warming up in front of me at the Emirates. Harry Kane, your wife is a moose. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, Alfie. Why do you want to be cancelled so badly? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be funny. You, you get clout, so true. Yeah, shout out the uh, shout out Crocky out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's yeah. let's get into the let's get into the uh, to the FA Cup final. I'm I'm ready to talk about this. I'm eager to talk about this. In fact, um, mm. Alfie, I'll come to you first. Surely, with that promising performance from the back four, surely we'll start with the back four against Chelsea, right? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I think it will. I think Arteta will revert back to the back three. Um, I just think in this sort of game, it gives us more protection, and obviously, we've seen our two better defensive performances against Liverpool and City with this system, uh, with the back three. Um, if I'm on it, I would go with the exact same team that we started at Wembley against City. I think Maitland-Niles on the left, yes, Saka would give you more going forward. Um, but Maitland-Niles on the left, he's, he's very good defensively, I think. His defensive work is underrated. He's very good at tackling. Position, positionally, he's got a lot better. And I think it's a bit more conservative approach. But I do think we have to be a bit more conservative against Chelsea in this game um, because we've shown that's basically the, uh, the way we can win. We don't possess the creative abilities to go and, you know, play a very expansive style. Yes, we can play out from the back. We've got to watch Chelsea's high press because I've watched them a lot recently. In that FA Cup semi-final against United, they pressed exceptionally well. Um, and that is an element we'll have to look out for. But yeah, I would, I would set up very similarly to the City game. Um, maybe not quite as pragmatic because Chelsea aren't as good as City, but, and you know, you can get at them. They've got a very bad goalkeeper. Hopefully Kepa starts. Um, he wouldn't even surprise me if he doesn't. <laughs> They've got shaky uh, centre-backs. They'll probably go with the back three, actually, which would be interesting tactical matchup. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't feel that confident at the moment. Hmm. I'll be honest, I don't either. I was saying in the pre-pod call, the PPC, I got it right. I got the acronym right. Um, I am not, I'm scared of Chelsea already. And I'm even more scared of them going into next season. Maybe it's a bit of an unpopular opinion, but I think with all the signings they're making, and it's looking like you said, their goalkeeper shit, Alfie. Mm. It looks like they're probably going to try to sign a top class goalkeeper as well. I think with all of those signings, it is fair to say Chelsea might even challenge next season because they're just making so many improvements to their squad. Mm. So that's my thoughts. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I just think, I think they look they need, dangerous. They can sign all these attacking players. They need desperately a goalkeeper. Mm. They need desperately a centre-back. I think their centre-backs aren't yeah. bad. I think they're, they're all right. Um, but they're not... They, to they challenge need that, for the title, they need that lead yeah, they need though. one world-class centre-back in there. You you look at Liverpool and Man City, they don't have that sort of Laporte, Van Dijk-style mm. player who's who's clearly far and away their best defender. And I feel like that's a necessity in most well, teams if you want to challenge at exactly. the top. Exactly. They're, they're sort of a similar stage to uh, where Liverpool were, where they just need... I think if they were to sign yeah, a, a brilliant centre-back and a brilliant goalkeeper... And probably a left back as well. I think they could be left uh, back definitely exactly, needed. Yeah, they, they could really elevate their team because the, the the forward players, yeah. particularly next season, what they'll have, and their um, their midfield is are very good. So yeah, it's actually a striking resemblance to where Liverpool are. The way they've they've sold Havertz. No, not Hazard. sold Havertz. Sorry, I'm yeah, getting yeah. ahead of myself. Uh, Hazard. Yeah, and. Um, and they're going after like a, they're, a proper they're reinvesting spine. in attacking players, which isn't really what they need. And I do have question marks over Lampard yeah. still. I know he's he's had a good season. I don't. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's an elite coach like Klopp. Mm. And he's playing oh, a yeah, ridiculous of style of football. It, it's just very, very intensely attacking. 
and sort of forgetting the, the defensive side of the game. That's exactly what you'd expect from a player who was so attacking like Lampard in his career. Mm, yeah. You know? So, um, Rob, are you, are you worried coming into the game? Um, yeah. I think if um, we're a bit more, not even convincing, just if we look like we had a, a bit of even the slightest bit of control over the last two games, I would have been much more confident. But these these last two games definitely haven't helped. Um, but at the same time, if you look back to the performance against Man City, I think we have every right to have a, a bit of optimism. I think that week we showed that with a bit of luck on our side or if, you know, all of our players are at it, we, we can beat most teams. Um, we've got a manager who knows how to beat, who would be able to think of a method to beat most teams. So I'm not completely void of confidence, but at the same time, I, I, I understand where you two are coming from and I hold similar fears coming into it of um, just, you know, Chelsea, they look good. We look bad. Um, so when you're thinking, when you're looking at it logically, uh, I think Chelsea have got to be the favourites coming into this one. Yeah, and I think the the real big question on everybody's mind is: Will this Arsenal defence show up? That's the real question, and nobody knows the mm. answer because our defense shows up only when they want to. So, Alfie, is this going to be one of those games where we'll kind of come out of the shadows as the underdog? Holdini will put in a world-class performance against that of the former Arsenal striker, Olivier Giroud, or is this going to be one where David Luiz concedes his 38th penalty of this season? Well, I think it, it depends on uh, how Arteta sets up. And I think that's that's genuinely the case. Normally, if Arteta sets up in a more pragmatic approach and implements, you know, a strong, strict system where there's a lot of protection for the back three, I think they'll they they can do well. They've shown it in those two games um, against City and Liverpool, and I think that's generally the case. I've written about this in the last two um, pieces that I've done. I think Arteta's shown that he can work with average defenders and. If he implements, you know, a, a strong structure and a system that can protect the deficiencies of our defenders, he can, you know, make us a relatively resilient, strong defensive outfit. Whereas he can do as much work on the offensive system as he wants. But if we don't have the the good person, the personnel, you know, creative players in there, we're not going to be particularly great going forward. If you get what I mean. Mm. And I think that's generally mm. the case. So would you? Rob said this last week, actually. I think um, you know it's much easier to coach defense defenses, really. You know, yeah. create a solid yeah. defensive unit, regard even if you've not got particularly quality personnel. Whereas you need good attacking players. You can't just have a and a good attacking system, even if you don't have the quality there. That's true. So I've seen I've seen a few a few people use a similar line of argument this week to therefore suggest that it's more important for us to focus That's, on signing creative That's players. exactly what I would said. Would you agree with uh, that? In my article, exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I would completely agree with that. I think that should be where our priority is first for me. A creative midfielder. I think, uh, yeah, I agree. And I think... Top priority, creative midfielder. Yeah, 
and perhaps a creative yeah, winger. Yeah, so I was going to say, we've repl- we haven't replaced Ozil, but we also haven't replaced Alexis Sanchez, really. You know, someone who's a bit unpredictable in the final third, who can create chances in the final third. And I do think that... I, I think I think Arteta even, even said it in an interview last week. Like, we've gone from a team who had creativity and the likes of... Back at, even a few years ago, Rizitsky, um and then more more recently, like um, Wilshire, Ramsey, Cazorla, um, even Cazorla, even Awobi, yeah, Sanchez, um, all creative outlets. Mm, well, I think Mikatari how... was the meant to sort of be the replacement. Sanchez, obviously not of the same quality, yeah. you know, but a creative wide player, and he hasn't really done it. Well, obviously, he hasn't done it at all. No. Yeah. So, so are you guys? Are yeah. you guys both saying that you think a creative outlet is more important than a defensive? Definitely design? for me. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. For for me, it seems unlikely at the moment. But my ideal, um, so I remember months ago when this all started exploding. But I Coutinho. ideally, I would like to see Coutinho yeah. come in. Yeah, I think he'd be perfect, and he offers that sort of. Um, that um, versatility in that role and variety that we just don't have at the moment. Like, uh, while he's a creative threat, he can also shoot from distance. He can play in a number of different positions. Like, I think he would be perfect, but that one seems like a long shot. Mm. But if if you look at our centre-backs, again, we don't have quality necessarily that we want, but we do have quantity. But we also have Pablo Murray and... Uh, William Saliba coming in who are mm. essentially new signings you know they may not Mary's a bit unproven and his, his trajectory his career is a bit dodgy so we don't know how good he's going to be Saliba's very young so yeah. again there's there's a lot of pressure on him and we don't necessarily expect him to be imme- brilliant immediately but they are at least two new signings whereas in the forward areas we just we don't have creative players in the squad and if we don't sign any Again, what I was saying, Arteta can coach the defensive players to be good in a system, even if they're liable to making errors. You know, that will happen, unfortunately, with these players. And that is why you'd want to bring in defensive players. However, he just can't Mm. get more creativity out of the players we've got because it's just not there and he can't coach that, which is why I think that creative player is, is just more important. Yeah, I could, I could definitely. Would you, would you agree, Daniel? See, it's, it's, yeah, would... it's tricky because, like, I totally understand where you're coming from, but it's just, I look at that defense, and it is just so, so bad. But then on the flip side, I mean, you saw yesterday; it was so bad. It's yeah. horrifying. Really you know, bad. Really, at the back. really not. But good. so was our attack. But then I, I was going to say, on yeah, the flip true. side, you know me; I like Joe Willock, but he's yeah. not capable of playing in that number ten slot at that moment. Not yet. You know, so we need somebody there desperately. You know, somebody that's perhaps, perhaps, maybe never. I think they're really forcing Willock into that role at the moment because we don't have anyone else who can play that. Yeah. I think he's much more of a Mizala uh, yeah, type. Yeah, true. I would agree. I don't think he's necessarily a bit more of a workhorse at the moment. Got the creative. Well, we, he hasn't shown that he's a particularly creative player. He's he's someone that can break into the box. No. And get no, goal scoring positions, kind of like an Aaron Ramsey, but mm. creativity, yeah. you know, craft on the ball, we haven't really seen enough of. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I don't really know if he's a man of finesse. I think he's kind of a guy that's industrious. You know, he's really hardworking, yeah. and yeah. he comes on, and you know, when he comes off the bench, and he just 
runs at people with his head down, you know, just gets the ball, drives forward. It could be useful, but for right now, that's all he is, you know. Mm. So I think I'm actually going to – I'm going to third your guys' opinion, and I think we do need an, an, an attacking kind of creative player mm. um, more than we do a defender. Um, and that's that's sacrilege coming from an Arsenal fan because our defense is fucking pathetic. Don't get me wrong. Mm. We ideally need both. We ideally need a top-class uh, – attacking midfielder with creative abilities that could also score some goals as well. And then yeah. we need a good defender. Mm. You, know? you know, so it's, this, this might I mean, surprise if, you. If the restart, has, if the restart has shown us anything is that we don't have a creative outlet bar Pepe's crossing. <laughs> um, we don't really have a creative outlet without a declining Meza Urzo in the team. And, or declined Meza Urzo in the yeah, team, I'm going to say. declined Meza Urzo. It might surprise you to hear we conceded fewer goals in this Premier League season than in the previous two. Only three <laughs> fewer. <does>. So, <laughs> it's not great. But then, having said that, we scored 17. <laughs> That's brilliant. We scored 17 fewer this season than last season and yeah, 18 a- fewer than the season before. That's a big difference. See the the defensive statistic. I think is main. Mm. It's kind of kind of irrelevant, but the the goal scoring one is very relevant. I mean, we we're not We've scoring got worse, goals. a lot worse offensively since Wenger left. Whereas defensively, I don't think it's changed that much. I think this season, mm. I think those numbers are a bit deceiving because I think we've conceded more chances this season. And our goalkeepers have a been excellent, and the finishing against True. us has been quite bad in general. But um, I mean, yeah, it all—it's all derived from that myth that we talked about last week, Alfie. Oh, that yeah. Arsenal are a brilliant side going forward, but are shit defensively. That just doesn't stand anymore at all. Since Vega's <laughs> well, left, that it doesn't stand. I'm I'm just looking at the table here. The mm. you you look at us, man, and in the top eight. We're the team with the second uh, fewest goals right after Wolves, who have 51. Mm. We have 56. Manchester Manchester City have 102. Mm. That is almost twice the amount of goals we have. That is embarrassing, Mm. man. That's embarrassing. Yeah, but also... um, I mean, I know they're the best scoring team in the league, but still. Yeah, but I think if you look at the underlying numbers, again... Got to bring it up. <laughs> there the we XG, go. Um, we're something like twelfth or thirteenth highest X total XG. Mm. So we just we we're not we, we're we're a very oh, mid table team me. in terms of creativity. That does pain me. Mm. No. So that's it. That's it, man. I mean, like Alfie always says, just sign Buendia. Just sign Buendia. <laughs> yeah. Sign Alfie's lover, Buendia. Sign Buendia or Coutinho. Either way, maybe both. Plus a creative wide player. Oh, please, both. Mm. Both. I think we need so many more than just one creative player. I think we need one we need central and one, cre- and one wide, which is what I was going to say earlier about Aubameyang. If we're going to bring in a, a creative wide player, which I think we need to, Aubameyang surely has to be shifted centrally. Otherwise, he doesn't mm. really fit into the team in a way. Surely Arteta will have to budge on that. Maybe he will. Maybe if he gets a creative wide player, he'll be less. Uh, uh, it'll be he will be less resistant on using Aubameyang on the left. I, I got to be yeah. honest, though. I don't think we're going to sign two creative players. I think I think we'll sign one, but I don't think we'll sign two. 
I think if Lacazette goes, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we get a winger mm. and a and a creative midfielder. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's it's unfortunate and it's a dilemma we're in because our defense is so bad that if we sign an attacking player, supporters are going to be like, why are you not just signing defenders? But at the end mm. of the day, you listen to the stats that Alfie was just bringing up and you know the fact that we've only scored 56 goals this season. You know, mm. that that shows we need we need more attacking potency. We need to bring people in with creative abilities. And just shifting back into the back into the FA Cup game, speaking of chances and things like that, I mean Rob Aubameyang is going to have to capitalize on the chances he gets when he gets them, just like he did against Manchester City, or we will lose this game. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's what Aubameyang always has to do. That's mm. that was a tactic that it appeared during um, the time where Emery's um, time at the club was clearly beginning to uh, his days were numbered, and it appeared to be our only sort of tactic where you put a nice talented goal scorer up top and you hope for the best. Um, I think, (laughs) I think uh, one of the reasons he wanted, well, I'm hoping this wasn't one of the reasons, but it's certainly a viable conclusion that you could reach with it. Uh, One of the reasons he wanted Zaha so much is because you can do that. You can really play that sort of tactic with Zaha because that's basically how Crystal Palace play football or have been playing football over the last few seasons. They completely rely on Zaha to be their um, outlet going forward and he carries them. Um, but Aubameyang's been playing that sort of football for Arsenal for a really long time now. And luckily, he's a very, very, very efficient striker. Um, mm. So I think to be he, fair, if he gets the chances, he'll tuck them away. To be fair, he wasn't that efficient until this season and we've just turned him into no, some he unbelievably wasn't. prolific player. You know, he's missed quite a few chances. He's had to become season. that sort of player. Exactly. His, yeah. he, he famously, well, you think of... in terms of his XG performance, it wasn't like amazing. It wasn't extremely clinical. He just got loads of great chances. He was so good at doing that that he would yeah. score loads still, even if he'd missed quite a few. This season, well, you he's think just of, become um, unbelievably against... prolific and finishing. I'm good at finishing. Yeah, the miss against Brighton at home, which basically cost us Champions League football. Um, the miss mm. of the penalty away at Spurs. He wasn't missed a clinical last missed, season. Like, um, two open goals in a game against Wren last season, if you remember that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's created a brilliant habit of um, being efficient this season. Um, and hopefully that can continue for the rest of this season. But again, it has to come back to the point that we've become too reliant, too dependent on um, our club captain. Mm. Exactly. Completely agree. And Alfie is opposite number, Olivier Giroud. Yeah. That's all I I have to say. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm a bit worried about that. Um, because he's in great form, he's another one. He's getting a lot of chances at the moment. They're creating a lot for him. Um, we know about his game. We know how good he is at linking the play, at holding the ball up, playing those little one twos off with the when you get players close to him. If there's one thing Coming that I'm in at that front post, 
Yeah, exactly. You score that goal we scored against United <sighs> at Wembley. Um, yeah, yeah. If there's one thing I'm a bit more sort of optimistic about, it's that when we played them in December at the Emirates, they started with a back three. Um, they went with a 3-4-3, three, yeah. three, which they've been doing recently. And although it sort of worked for them recently, it didn't work in that on that day. We... we bullied them in that first half and then they eventually switched did, it yeah. and when they switched it they looked a lot better and we could sort of couldn't deal with it but I think they will start with that and if we can sort of look at what we did well in that game um, we could you know get on top of them in the first half at least before Frank Lampard realises it's not going right and they changes it again mm. yeah well and, and just I think a reason Be interesting. reason I'm so concerned about Giroud is even when he was at Arsenal I mean he's good in these big games. You know, he mm. comes up big in big moments. He just scored against us in Baku, you know? I mean, so oh, it's concerning. I mean, on top of that, that, he's also yeah. the sort... Yeah, he's the sort of player that thrives off his own form. When Giroud is in form, he he is, like, he's a different animal to what he is when he's not got that scoring touch. Um, yeah, he's, he's a player that goes and, yeah, in on bursts. Definitely. He'll go on a yeah, burst yeah. of brilliant form, then he'll go on a burst of terrible form where he didn't score for ages. Yeah. Confidence yeah. player in a way. Well, this 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 game is just absolutely massive for Arsenal on all fronts. It's listen to this guys, you ready? It's mm. pay Baku time. And we oh, have God. to Oh no. <laughs> yes. It's pay Can you edit that it's out? It's pay somehow? Baku time. <laughs> oh, we have we have to get this dub against Chelsea because it's been a fucking shit show of a season. It's been a shit show of a season. And mm. we could somehow secure silverware. And also, this would get us into to European football. Um, Rob, does, is that something that we really desperately need to be looking at? The fact that this would get us into European football? Oh, yeah, of course it is. Um, I mean, there's, there's first of all, there's money. And then second of all, we've got a massive rebuild task on our mm. hands. And without any European football, I mean, without Champions League, it's already difficult enough to attract players. Without any, it becomes... It, it, you, you're moving towards impossible. Um, so... And it also means that if we're going to have to, if we want to attract big names, we're going to have to pay them more money. If we don't have that money, um, and we'll have even less money if we don't win on the weekend. So it, it's such an important game, a huge, game, a massive game for. I'm going to say for the future, the the near future of this football club, perhaps even mm. long term. Well, I think uh, honestly that I agree with all points you made, and I think another another way that it's massive is it's massive actually for all of our youngsters as well, because the Europa League in the early stages is kind of an avenue where fringe players get an opportunity to showcase yeah. their individual mm -hmm. abilities. You look at Bukayo Saka; he burst he burst onto the scene yeah. through the Europa League, Martinelli as well, mm. and a, a host of others. So, Alfie, I mean. Surely that's another beneficial, beneficial, bene, benefiting factor. Fucking hell of uh, <laughs> us qualifying for European football as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've done that in all three of our previous Europa League um, campaigns. You know, in the group stages, we've used it as a 
an opportunity to blood young talent. Um, the one caveat to all of this, and that, again, I'm not saying at all we don't want to be in the Europa League. If we lose, uh, don't even think about, about that, but if we do lose, I'll probably be making this point in the next podcast just to make us feel a bit more cheery. Um, if you look at Liverpool's rebuild under Klopp, their first season, they finished um, eighth, like us. Klopp came in slightly before Arteta did in the season. Um, they finished eighth. They lost a Europa League final to get them back into the Champions League in that season. So they had no uh, European football the season after. That allowed them to focus on that. Obviously, it's, it's difficult because we won't be able to attract players. We won't have the finances. But in that following window, they basically just shopped from the shit Premier League teams. Or they shopped from Premier League teams yeah. who had good talent, but, you know, they could easily get players. You know, they, they took Mane off, off uh, Southampton. They took Vinaldum off um, off Newcastle. They, they didn't spend an awful lot in that summer, but they, they shopped effectively. And, you know, if, if we were to not win this game and have no European football next season... I think we'd have to be looking at how they did, how they coach with that, and how they use that to shop, still shop effectively, still bring in some good players, just not massive names, but players who they could use and they made better. Uh, and then the following season, they got top four. Mm. I think that's such an underrated method of buying players, mm. like just attracting players to your club because you're a big club yeah. like even van dyke and allison like they came from small smallish clubs like oh well southampton obviously mm. and then roma not not one of the biggest clubs in italy so you know attract get players from these small clubs who are obviously going to be attracted to playing at a big club and you know it's a really effective way of subtly transforming your club. You don't have to be going and buying from the best teams mm. in Europe. Because there's definitely quality in these teams. That's like the teams that are going yeah, down, Van Alden got relegated. That's who, you know, we're looking at Buendia, for example. And there there's, there's others in teams. Yeah, you know. There's there's others yeah. in teams in the bottom half um, who are quality and who we could sign if we don't get Champions League, uh, Europa League football, even. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, I think exactly. And I, I've always said that, you know, and then also you, you would have, you know, players coming in with Premier League experience as well. You know, you look mm. at somebody like Nathan Ake with Bournemouth, who was just relegated, mm. you know, how good of a signing is that going to prove to be for some team? You know, because he ain't going to go down to the championship. He's Apparently not going to go down to the championship. he's going to City. That's what I've heard, I think, yeah. I think he's overrated, though. I don't think he's that great. No, I, I don't uh, think I'm he's extremely a surprised City won him. I think he'd yeah. be good at like a mid-table team, but I, I wouldn't sign him personally. I don't. I think if City signed him, he would also be Probably. second string. Personally, mm. it'll be interesting to see how much he goes for. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll still think probably get about thirty mil. Yeah, I think he's a mid-table player. Really. Well, fair enough. So, yeah, perfect mm. signing for Arsenal. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, please no. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Also, but... don't go for Tyro Mings. By the way, do not go for Tyro Mings. He's not good. In my just opinion. because, just because he scored a goal against us and is English, does not warrant us going in for him. Mm. That doesn't. That doesn't mean anything. Did he score against us? I'm pretty sure he did. Or not score against us. <laughs> he was sorry. He he was he Clean was. Sheet. 
He was crucial. Yeah. He was crucial against us in the uh, in the goal that they scored. I meant where oh, uh, yeah. he got the header. Mm. Yeah, the assist rather. Um, yeah, yeah. Fair but uh, yeah, we got to win this game. We got to win this we game do. against that's Chelsea. Yeah. That's it. So important. That's it, man. Mm. I mean, there's no there's no two ways around it. Uh, let's kind of draw this bad mamma jamma, this bad boy, this bad show. This bad boy's crew <laughs> to a close. It's quite a um, bad show, yeah. Yeah, Alfie, I'll, 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 I'll come. I'll come to you first, man. What's mm. your predicted scoreline for the FA Cup final? Will Arsenal manage another FA Cup trophy to further reiterate the fact that we are the owner of this trophy? Um. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I've got a few opportunities to injure myself ahead of the final to give us a bit of good luck. Mm. Um, I'm playing football tomorrow, so hopefully I'll you know break my ankle or something. And then I'm I'm going cycling in London on Wednesday, so hopefully oh I'll you know, like crash into a car or something and die. Okay, self harm. Um, wow. Yeah. So if you know if that happens, then we'll win the FA Cup. So yeah, I just like to say that. But yeah, so I'm I can sort of have control over this. So if you know if 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 I want to put a bet on it, I know I've either got to make sure I don't get injured at all and just stay inside until Saturday or I, uh, you know, go out and do reckless stuff. Um, so I'm going to back us and say two, one, come on lads. And, uh, I'll probably, you know, kill myself on Wednesday. So <laughs> fuck it. No, Jesus, man. I know. Okay. I won't, I won't. I'll, I'll, like, I don't want to be alive. Uh, I don't want to be alive. Today. <laughs> I just want to die. Rob, are we going to win this fucking game or not? Yeah. Rob, are we going to win? Yeah, we are. Um, we're going to score a controversial goal at the start of the game. Um, and then later, we're going to dominate the match. Then um, an absolute, I think Mason Mount is going to score later on. Mm. Uh, Just, and then Joe Willock is is going to score. He's going to come off the bench. And uh, yeah, what will happen is Mason Mount, the biggest cunt on the opposition's team, will score an equaliser. And immediately after... Yeah. Whoever's come on, it will be in Ketia for Lacazette, and Ketia will chip a ball to the back post, and Joe Willock will get in the yeah. end of it. You know what I'm talking about. You do. He's read it, and it will, the first goal <laughs> will be a handball from Nicolas Pepe, and then he'll score. He'll sort of hit across the ball across Kepa. Nah, nah, because because of because of VAR, it can't be handball anymore because that would get disallowed. So it's going to be like it's going to be like. Um, what's it going to be off? It's going to be off like his hip, but it sort of looks like it hit his hand, mm. but it didn't. Yeah, exactly. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> How <laughs> did you not get this? Come on, Danny boy. Come on, Daniel. I don't get it. <laughs> so the biggest cunt on the opposition... Danny Finton. <laughs> Uh, the biggest cunt on the opposition is going to score, yeah? Okay. Round like the 70th minute mark, something like that. Um, it's going to be, you know, Martinez probably should have done a bit better. Uh, and seconds later, straight from kickoff, and Ketia comes on after we concede for Lacazette. Um, Pepe ah, okay. plays it in behind. And Ketia dinks it to the back post. Joe Willock coming in, heading it in straight immediately. Two okay. one up again. All right, uh, all right. And I then... And then Reese James will get sent off for diving. Okay, shout out our shout out our previous our previous dub. And the, yeah, okay, yes. 
I was just like, that was so yeah, cool. So, <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm gonna go for a. I'm gonna go for a. I'm gonna say clean Whoa. sheet. I'm gonna say two 0 win. Again, fair enough. I'm saying two one. Like the semi final. Mm. I hope you're right. I'm actually gonna agree with Alfie, and I'm gonna say two one as well. Um, I think fucking Giroud is gonna score against us. Um, I don't think it'll be like a world-class bit of movement from Pulisic. And I could just already imagine it. And then he will absolutely roast either David Luiz or Holding in the air. I don't know which one, but it'll be one of them. He'll roast one of them in the air. Yeah. Mm. uh, Luiz will probably get sent off. Let's be honest. True. Yeah. In his post-match interview, he'll be like... Yeah, I know we lost today, but it was pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my piece of skill. My piece of skillage. Yeah. I think when I see the uh, Chelsea blogs on the internet, they'll give me a great player grade. Um, hopefully an A+. Plus, um, but I'll take, I'll take a B+, plus, to be honest. <sighs> All right, man. That's enough. Yeah, no. Enough. Uh, on to next season. Enough slander. Yeah. We'll get there. Enough on to the next semester. <laughs> the next semester. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hopefully we'll have some uh, fig noodles to celebrate. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll eat some meatloaf. <laughs> meatloaf? What is that with meatloaf with you? It's the most American <laughs> thing. Never, never it, even seen it? it in the UK. Yeah. Pulisic out. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was class. All right, home slices. I'll catch you on the flip side. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, home slice as well. Home slice. Home slice. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like an expression from like the late 80s, early 90s that I'm trying to trying to bring back in my pieces, dude. I knew when I, was writing, when I was writing my most recent Fintons Frolic, I was like, I was going to call Juan Carlos Emery's butt buddy, but then I was like, oh, no. I was like, that sounds wrong. So I'm going to call him his home slice. Mm. Get a little, mm. little bit of a quirky addition in there. But yeah, I think we'll win 2-1. Giroud will score. The radical American will assist it. Mm. Um, and then Aubameyang will score our two goals because nobody else fucking is able to score for us. So I mm. hope... We're all right, and we walk away with some silverware. And I hope next time, ladies and gentlemen, we see you on episode 53 of the podcast. It is us celebrating an FA Cup win. Mm. Let's draw this bad boy to a close. Rob, I'll start with you. Marketing opportunity of a lifetime, my dude. Yeah, go check out AFC underscore insight. Best Arsenal page on the internet. You heard it here first. That was very, very <laughs> arrogant of you to say. Um, yeah, we'll, we won't Mason cut... Mount. <laughs> We're gonna cut that out. Uh, there's no room for <laughs> egos here. Yeah, the Ooh, only reason egos. you have that page is to fuel your ego. So, <laughs> um, of course, Alfie, the uh, man in favor of Cronky staying in. No marketing opportunity of a lifetime. No, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> And you don't need to call me a monkey and say I'm an absolute <laughs> moron for, for thinking that a plane is pointless, which has proved to be because we have 30 million to spend this on. Uh, look, I think I think it's a bit dodgy, like you said, throwing around the insult monkey in today's day and age. Oh, you yeah. Know? Very dodgy. I think you might want uh, to you know, be a can... little careful with that, buddy. 
I can just see us signing like Partey or, or just a great player and him being like, oh, look, it was no, me. he's not American. Yeah. I did it. He's it's from me. fucking sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is this my opportunity, marketing opportunity of my lifetime? It's oh, yeah. supposed to okay. be, but you're just uh, kind uh, of disrespecting me. Uh, apologies. <laughs> um, we dot love dot you dot arsenal on instagram uh that's the real best page on the internet arsenal page <laughs> not in fact just, just best page um wow yeah Bold. uh and we love your arsenal at cody yeah and if you want to follow the person on this podcast with the least blinding ego feel free to follow at daniel underscore finton on twitter that is actually the best page out of all of them um also, uh, go check out the website, weloveyouarsenal.co.uk, with our team of how super talented writers. How would I, yeah, how would I write this? How would I write this? Because you guys say I, I talk how I write. Oh, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> the Spanish International or something. <laughs> I talk how I write. QPR, the team. Man. Yeah, okay. Hey, so it's a team of multi multinational. Um, <laughs> talented writers a couple of youngsters a couple of experienced yeah. heads um yeah the former and they're going straight to the in the arsenal man yeah <laughs> yeah well you heard it here ladies and gentlemen that's it that's all we got that's it we're gone mm. it's over the show's over there's no more podcast it's done go do something go <laughs> Can do you something scream productive. extravaganza by the way. Oh, fuck. I didn't do that this week. Yeah. Well, thanks a million for tuning in to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. <laughs> it was a pleasure to deliver <laughs> such a show to all Jesus of you. Jesus Christ. All of you beautiful boys and girls once again. Oh. We'll be here next week lifting a silver uh, piece of metal with ribbons on it and we'll be set. how weird is that that how weird is that yeah. that we kick around a ball for like 50 some games a season and then celebrate lifting some like metal thing at the end of it crazy mm. but yeah we'll have the fa cup in all three studios mm. <laughs> that's right that's right mm. in every every country where our writers yeah. are, are are out of we're going to have the FA Cup delivered to them through mm. Amazon. All Shout out Jeff countries. Bezos. Mm. Is it just... The heads up FA Cup. Is it just mm. three countries that the, our writers are from? Yeah. That's it. Oh, that's just America, I thought it was more UK, than that. India. Mm. I mean, they used to be uh, Toronto, Canada. Yeah, I thought Vinay was from Canada. What? No, no, no. Vinay's Indian. Yeah, I, I knew he's that... Of Indian descent, no, I thought he was like... Indian, born and bred. Oh, good lad. We need Shout to. Out Shout out well, Mumbai. we need to diversify cool. a bit so we don't get cancelled. So, if you're of any, you know, ethnic descent that's not British, American, or Indian, reach out so you could be our token individual from that country. You probably mm. won't ever actually get to write up anything we just need to make ourselves look good for the public eye well, well, you're you're lithuanian or something aren't you what the <laughs> fuck? you daniel 
Slovakian? Slovakian, yeah. What? <laughs> I didn't know anyone was actually from Lithuania. Oh. Well, Kane is Ghanaian. So that's one. Although he basically yeah. he's written like two articles ever. Um, <laughs> Kane out. Yeah, Kane out. Uh, Alan Riley in. He's, he's oh, Australian. Yeah, yeah. So that's another one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I'm Italian. So, Mamma mia, yeah. papa pia. I've got, I've got Irish descent. Oh, same. I've, I've got, got I think Italian. everyone in the UK has Irish Nigerian. descent. Yeah. Irish people just like the fuck, man. So they're like in everybody, dude. Like, I, I don't have Irish, fuck? though. I just have, I have Scottish in me, man. With red hair, I don't have Irish in me, Let's, dude. I just can have we end Scottish. this, please? Yeah, it's probably best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's been an hour and 20 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, we'll see you, like I said, next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.